Hi, and welcome back to Mouseperts, your family travel experts, sponsored by the Tomorrowland Travel Authority Travel Agency. Uh, I am Ron, the owner of the agency, uh, along with my fellow agents and fellow co-host, Laurel. Hey guys, it's Laurel. And Rachel. Yo ho ho, it's Rachel. Uh, today, I want to discuss when to plan your trip, which is probably the first question everybody has when they're doing an Orlando vacation. Yep. Oh, and yeah. it's not just about the crowds when you're going to go, it's about the different events. So, let's start off with January. At the beginning of the month, you're going to still be have a little bit of overflow from the Christmas, New Year's crowds. So, the first week is usually pretty busy. And then you get into, Disney World has the marathon, usually the second or third weekend. Uh, usually somewhere around whatever, the 10th to 15th, something in that range. And also Epcot starts the Festival of the Arts, which is a smaller festival, but you have some Broadway performers coming in on the weekends to perform at the American Gardens Theater. You have some of the food booths, which are a little more creative with what they do. Visually creative, yeah. And then you have a bunch of artists painting things, some mm -hmm. activities, selling things. Uh, I actually haven't been to this one yet because we used to do January all the time, but we haven't been because we now have a kid since these started. Uh, so we actually probably should go back in January at some point, uh, but we just haven't. Uh, I do love the month there. The weather is great. Yes. Uh, it's unpredictable. It could be 40 and 80 yes. in the same week but easily. Not, not that rainy. Not that rainy, and 80 doesn't feel as bad as 80 does kind of on the shoulder months of the summer yeah. when you're going to, it cools off at night. So it's good weather, but you're going to want to layer, yeah. bring layers yeah. when you go, because it could change in a heartbeat. You yes. can couple it with Martin Luther King uh, Jr. birthday as well, right? That's a long weekend we like to do. Sometimes it does overlap with the marathon. And if you're not there for the marathon, I do recommend trying to avoid that weekend not just for the crowds, but getting around sometimes, particularly in the morning. You've got the 5K, the 10K, the half, and the full marathon are all different days. So you're going to run into a lot of that. And people are tend to stay and do their trips after that, like their vacation plans. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of people walking around with medals. And, you know, give them a good congratulations, particularly if you have the dopey or the goofy medal on. That means they ran a lot. <laughs> Um, I can't really think of anything going on over at Universal in January. The hours are going to be a little re more reduced over there, yeah, particularly yes. at that time of year. Seasonal hours. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, the last time I went to January, it happened to be at a time when there was like a sudden cold snap. And I was at, you know, outdoors at the Magic Kingdom all day. And it, I was freezing, freezing, freezing. I clearly was not prepared. I wish I had gloves and a hat and a scarf and everything. And a person who lives in New England, I should have been prepared. But I here I here I thought, assuming I'm going to Florida and Orlando, that it would, you know, be at least slightly warm. Yeah. But in, in general, January. yeah, it's it's a it's a little it's better than the heat by far. For sure, for sure. I, Especially if you can't handle the heat. I was gonna say that actually we're you know New Englanders now. I mean we're all we're we're all from southern states, for in our youth. But we've been in New England for over a decade now. So for us, I think our bodies have acclimated so much to the four season kind of year. That going back to any southern state in the south, you know, during the summer is really hard. Yes. It's hard on the heat. And I think 
for us, the ideal times of the year is probably to go during first quarter, to be yes. honest, because yeah. our bodies yes. can acclimate to the heat better. A little bit less uh, humid, a little bit less rainy. So a little bit less crowds, unless you're there on a holiday week. Sometimes, yes. sometimes it can be less. January crowded. is a little less crowded in general. Um, yes. You also might want to look out for things that happen in nearby areas like Daytona. Um, it's not quite. It's usually early February where you're going to get the Daytona 500 weekend. Yeah. Sometimes the Super Bowl is going to be in Florida and affect that the, the February late January times, uh, as well as I think Bike Week is early. In the year down there, I can't quite remember when that is in Daytona. But those are things you want to look at in the first quarter. So as we move into February, uh, you have the Princess Half Marathon weekend at some point there. Uh, President's Week is usually going to be the most crowded time in that first quarter. Because uh, if you don't know, that's a New England tends to be their winter break. Yes. Uh, a lot of people just get President's Day off. But most of like a lot of the northern states get President's Week. Yes. Uh, it can be very busy, but it's going. not Christmas, Easter, things like that. It's going to be busier. Um, and then as you move into March, you've got spring break for some places start to kick off, depending on the crowd calendar. Mardi Gras is going to draw some of the uh, particular Gulf Coast states, get that week off. If that's in February or March, you're going to find that. But on the other hand, you've got Mardi Gras going on over at Universal Studios, which is parades with people throwing beads. Completely family-friendly version of the Mardi Gras parade. <laughs> uh, people can get up on the floats to throw the beads. They've got live concerts from, like, musical, like, some of them are, like, you know, 90s, 2000s musical acts. But they got some fairly contemporary big names go up there. I mean, you're you're going to see, like, people you know on that stage as opposed to... Well, no, I mean, actually, Flower and Garden gets the Garden Rocks concerts, mm -hmm. which they go, which they go back and forth between local artists and big name artists. You're going to find that, and that's probably going to kick off at Epcot, the Flower and Garden Festival, in March as well, where you're going to get good food booths, which are called the Outdoor Kitchens, which are a little more vegetarian or farm focused mm -hmm. than the Food and Wine festival and then you're going to get epcot's just going to look gorgeous with the yes. flowers and the yes. displays it's above and beyond any kind of flower expectations you have throughout even compared to the rest of the year yes all the topiaries come out the topiaries that they've been growing for 18 months prior you know i, I also think that the food dishes whenever they you get them at the food stands are more aesthetically pleasing um they look they just look more beautiful um and they look lighter in feel than maybe some of the other festivals. Yeah. So they, they, it just looks and feels like you're not going to be weighed down, but you also just get the joy and beauty of all the colors. There's definitely a focus on like the vegetarian, vegan kind of cuisine. What's nice about the flower and garden booths is that they have a lot more like vegan, vegetarian options that are available. There yeah. really is a, a significant focus on you know, plant-based foods and considering foods in different ways, which I really appreciate. Clean. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the portion sizes are, are a little bit more manageable, especially if you want to, you know, consider lots of different items, lots of different booths, as opposed to some of the other festivals where I find that there's a lot more hearty dishes or a lot of dishes that might be a little bit heavier. Uh, so that, that's kind of one of the things that's really nice about that particular festival. And there's not the emphasis on the drinking around the world as much. It happens, but not as much as the food and wine. Yeah. Um, and given that it starts in early spring, it's, I think, a little bit better weather 
around that time. It's more comfortable for sure. Mm -hmm. But you're also starting to get the times where you could be more reliably able to use the pool. Now, all the Disney pools are heated nicely. But, like, when you're there in January and February, you have no idea how cold it's going to be on any given day. Like, I wouldn't even, you know, packing, you kind of have to do, the, like, the night before. Because you need that seven-day forecast if you're going to be there that long uh, to know what to bring. So, you could be a little more reliable about planning a day at a water park or things like that. Uh, and then, this, April's pretty much the same thing, except you're going to still have the Easter and some of the spring break weeks. Mm -hmm. And you're getting another springtime race. But it's going to be consistently warmer. You might start seeing some days in the low 90s, but not too often. It's probably going to be in the uh, mid-80s most yeah, of the time, Yeah, a lot I'd of rain say. showers for April, so. Yes. Every day you should probably anticipate a little bit of rain. Well, that's Florida in general. And you still have... Mardi Gras is going to end sometime in April or early May uh, at Universal, but you're still going to have the uh, flower and gardens going to go usually like March till now, like midsummer at some point, like early July. Mm -hmm. It That's what it is now. It could change. Who knows? And that's kind of the spring, first quarter, like I would say, is I can't think of any events I really would miss. I really like this time of year if you can go around... Some of the vacations, like, we like to go sometimes during what's called Patriots Week up here in the Boston area, which is the second or third week of April. As long as it's not near Easter, it's usually, it's a good vacation for us. Like, so if your area has a vacation time, sometimes your flights might be a little more expensive, but I don't think the crowds are going to be as bad while you're there. And I think that's our experience. So as you move into May... Uh, May the 4th is always going to be some event at the studios, or at Disney Hollywood Studios, for uh, Star Wars fans. They're going to have special merchandise and certain things going on there. Yes. Um, it's the... a special day for Rachel. Yes, it is. It's my wedding anniversary. So, so for me, I will always forever go to Disney for May the 4th weekend. Or May the 4th week, to be honest, because it's it's really a happening time if you're a Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. And there's always events that are going on for like a, probably about a week uh, uh, during that time period. Yeah. Did we go to May the 4th a couple of years ago? We went last year. Last year, yes. And uh, I definitely did the line for the merchandise. It was a virtual line. Yes. Yes. That and was different. That was something special. I remember I ran into Josh tomorrow at the... You know, like, you don't just run into Josh tomorrow, but I was in Animation Courtyard and I had Andy with me. And I looked up, and um, he was standing right in front of me. And I was like, oh, hey, Josh. I hope you're having a great, you know, May the 4th. He was like, you too. Hope your family has a great time. I was like, thanks. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, Josh Tomorrow is the head of Disney Parks and Resorts. Uh, you, if you see him in the park, if you happen to, he is actually supposedly always a very friendly guy. I've met him in the same time with Laurel. And he is usually wants to talk to people there. Yeah, he was very friendly. He asked how my family was, you know, if we were having a good time. My mom was with us, and... She didn't know who he was. She was like, maybe my daughter knows. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was um, Disney memory. <laughs> but as you move into May, you're going to start getting the 90s more regularly. And summer really kind of kicks off with Memorial Day weekend. Uh, that's when a lot of the Florida schools are already out by. And that's really when you're going to get into summer. And it's going to be hot and crowded. And it's going to rain in the afternoons, almost guaranteed. And then for most of the summer, it's everybody. The parks know it's busy, 
so they don't run any extra events. Fourth of July has extra fireworks, but other than extended hours, you're not getting anything different from other times of year. Flower and Garden is going to end sometime usually in late June, early July now. That's been the last couple years. And then, and I don't think anybody thinks food and wine should start in mid-July, but it does. Uh, yeah, it's a little too hot to be eating and drinking around the world. Now, as we move through summer into August, Florida schools go back fairly early in mid-August. And at this point, you're going to get the Halloween season kicking in, which is another ridiculously early thing Disney does. So Mickey's Not So Scary starts on August 11th this year. That's a little too early for Halloween. <laughs> Luckily, Horror Nights isn't kicking over at Universal uh, for a little bit towards the end of August. Usually, the, usually it's the last week of August, Labor Day weekend there. Uh, but they shut down Universal a lot earlier. They shut down at 5 o'clock most nights of the week for the Universal Park. And Islands of Adventure stays open a little later. Uh, the difference is between... These are both great events, mm -hmm. but they're really for different people. Y yes, I would say for sure. So the great thing about Mickey's Not So Scary is is definitely in the title. It's not that scary. If you're the kind of person or family that are really not interested in the intense haunted kind of experience. Um, you just want more of like a kitschy Halloween experience and that is the that is definitely the event for you. It is always a very crowded event though, so it's something to keep in mind. So what's great about it is you can go as an adult and wear a costume. You can't do this throughout, you know, the rest of the year. As an adult, you cannot go to the Disney parks and wear costumes, so this is the time to shine <laughs> if you are an adult who wants to costume up. If you're the kind of family that really loves having a haunted house kind of experience, then that is a, a haunted experience for you. I mean that that's the reality. I'm that's, the I'm the horror nights person here. They've both been, but they spend most of the night just hanging out in yeah. an area where they felt like the yeah. Simpsons area because I think it was a little quieter, but uh you mean safety zones. The safety, zones. safety zone. Yeah, so I mean, this is such a challenging topic. Well, uh, so, let's, so let's describe the difference. Mickey's Not So Scary is the Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's after hours. The park usually closes around 6 o'clock, and the event goes right. usually about, like, 7 to midnight. Uh, there's a great parade. Mm -hmm. there's, Probably the best Disney parade. I might challenge. There's special fireworks. There's candy trails you can go trick-or-treating, and you are going to get a lot of candy oh, yeah. if you oh, focus oh, on and, that. And the stage show for the last few years has been Hocus Pocus themed, which has been a total delight for those 90s nostalgic individuals. And don't forget those special meet and greets that you Yes. That's the main yes. thing. You're going to get a lot of special meet and greets, particularly Jack and Sally mm -hmm. and all seven dwarves are oh, usually yeah. some of the big meet and greets that they do there. Horror Nights, on the other hand, is what's in the name. You're going to get about 10, give or take, haunted houses, mm -hmm. a few scare zones. It takes over the park at night. It is really a right. haunted event. You're going to be able to get on rides at both of these. Not all of them. Certain things are yeah. going to be shut down. They do have a special stage show, usually. Um, get, I think the last couple of years have been a little bit all over the place. But... Yeah, I don't know what they... I haven't been uh, since COVID for Horror yeah. Nights. So I haven't seen the stage shows, but uh, there's usually something that's kind of like a variety or mm -hmm. some sort of acrobatic act. Some kind of sketch-related shows. And then there are these scare zones, which can be, you know... Are just out on the street <laughs> where they're just going to... They're going to be foggy and dark, and there's going to be people jumping out at you. 
And this is another After Hours event. Both of these are hard ticket events, as opposed to like Mardi Gras and the Epcot festivals are things you can just go to do in the park. Right. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights, Mickey's Not So Scary, and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party are all what are called hard ticket events. And they also do After Hours events at Disney, at Typhoon Lagoon, and the theme parks. And those are, again, a separate ticket you pay for. You're going to get much lower crowds during those after-hour events. And usually there's some free food and drinks in those. Um, Horror Nights and the Mickey's Not So Scary gives you the candy. Uh, Very Merry gives you what, hot chocolate and cookies usually. Yeah, yeah I think we had cookies. a snowball too. And they all have specialty foods you can buy, specialty drinks you mm-hmm. can drink. Themed foods at some of the existing restaurants. Like you could go to a restaurant and they'll have a Halloween special hamburger for it's only available at that event. But in general, it's also a very, some of the lowest crowds are going to be that late August through October. You're going to get some, you know, weeks where there's going to be school off and things like that. But in general, these are kind of going to be the least crowded times of the year. But you're going to pay for that with, it's still pretty hot in Florida. It is still summer through September mm-hmm. in Florida. And I mean, like, full New England, like, July summer is what it's going to feel like in even late September in Florida. You're going to get occasional cooler days, but not many. Um, I don't think their cooler days become more consistent until you get to maybe mid-November, I would say. Maybe even latter November. Because well, you could have intermittent warm days even if you cooler go Cooler versus November. cool. Like, you're yeah. not going <laughs> to get upper mid to upper 90s by that point. But you're going to get what's summer for a lot of the rest of the country. So you're still going to be able to do pool days and mm-hmm. things like that. But the park hours are usually going to be a little more limited. Uh, Epcot's hours don't usually change, but the other parks all tend to fluctuate a little bit more. Well, especially if there's a party going on. So if there are special events going on at these theme parks, those parks are going to close early, which unfortunately you do kind of have to account for whenever you're doing your travel planning for your weeks. But you can still get day by day on those. It's not mm-hmm. going to be every night. Universal is usually four to five nights a week of Horror Nights, mm-hmm. while Magic Kingdom is usually two to three of Mickey's Not So Scary. Something else to remember, too, is if you are going to be interested in doing a hard ticket event, you do need to purchase in advance. You cannot wait till you get there on your trip and then on a whim decide to go that day to a hard ticket event that night. It's just unrealistic. Most of the time, they'll sell out. Horror Nights can, and they they do have it, but it's going to be more expensive if you do. So always look into those ahead of time. Mickey's Not So Scary and Mickey's Very Merry have sold out well in advance the last couple of years because they've gone back to limiting the crowds a little bit. They got a little out of control for a few years, but I think they've gotten a little tighter control on it mm. and raised the price a decent amount to go with that. So you are paying a premium for these things, particularly the Mickey's ones. Horror Nights is usually still under like anywhere from like 60 to 100 bucks. Uh, last year, that's what I, you know, those are discounts included. They could go a little higher on some of the peak nights, but they're not going to be the same price as a full day ticket where the Disney after hours events tend to all be the same price as a thing. And if you want to go to these and focus on rides, you are going to be able to bang out ride after ride. People are not going there to do that. But if the difference, if that's your goal, it's better for you to add a day or two on your, on your trip if you've already got a three or four day ticket, than to buy that extra ticket just for that. 
And you could go and see the fireworks from somewhere up one of the monorail resorts or something. Because they are special fireworks. They're not just going to be uh, happily ever after. They're going to be something different. Um, that's kind of the fall. Oh, uh, they also do, if you happen to get over to like Fort Wilderness, people do decorate campsites for Halloween and Christmas. But that's a little harder to get to. You might want to take a bus over there and then take the bus loops and walk around a little bit. Uh, I can't think of anything else because we said food and wine is still going on. That's from mid-July through early November. Uh, I do love food and wine. Haven't been in a few years because I think Flower and Garden the last couple years uh, is what we've done. Yeah, for uh, sure. It's less crowded and I think the food's been better and it's just a better time of year. Yeah. Well, it was a better, better time of year for well, us. It's, it's usually not as hot as during the time of year when you would be going for, for like, for food and wine festival as well so we're not exactly heat lovers (laughs) so so we tend to want to go now to times a year whenever we know it's not going to be the intense heat of the summer days of florida yeah and food and wine festival can tend to get a bit crowded uh it is particularly the early weeks or around the holidays yes um and as then you know food and wine and the halloween events all end the first week of november or so uh, which is when the Christmas events will start picking up. Uh, some of them are pre-Thanksgiving. Some of them are post-Thanksgiving. Universal has Grinchmas. Uh, yes. And then there's uh, uh, Harry Potter uh, based Christmas There's special shows well. over there. Uh, November, you also have the Wine and Dine Marathon, mm-hmm. uh, Half Marathon. And Jersey Week is one of those ones people always tell you to be wary about. But once again, that's one of those ones that it's going to kick the crowds up a little bit, but it's not as many, like, it's not going to be as many kids off as summer or like an Easter week kind of thing because it's a regional holiday. Uh, all the parks get Christmas decorations. All the resorts get Christmas decorations. You could spend day, a couple evenings just doing that and you're going to be happy. Uh, particularly even at like Disney Springs. There's like a tree trail which is... They've got trees and different things. And there's all the Epcot events and like things like that. They have little scavenger hunts where they tell you like... And you check off and you could buy a map and get stickers. And then you get a little prize at the end. Those are always great fun for the kids. Especially the younger kids who might not be able to do as many events. Um, and then December kicks in like... About a week before, week or week or two before Christmas is when the crowds really kick up again. There's still going to be, you know, Thanksgiving week is going to be busy. Mm-hmm. The week after tends to slow down a little bit. But there are events in the area that bring people in. Like Pop Warner was traditionally that week. There are cheerleading competitions. So those are going to bring crowds year-round. There are no real off-seasons like there used to be. Everything is going to be real busy. I would say the least busy week, if that's your main goal, is about a week after Labor Day. Like, Labor Day for a week or two after that is going to be the least busy at Disney. If that's when Horror Nights is starting, you're going to get some busyness over at Universal because of that. Because that's going to draw on a lot of people at first. But other than that, I think that is going to be kind of the calendar for the Disney parks. What we'd like to talk about a little bit is just a roundtable of what our favorite special events are that are available at the Orlando Parks. I think I'll go ahead and start myself. <laughs> this is Laurel. Um, I think my favorite special time of year, special event to go to 
is the Mickey Not- Mickey's Not So Scary Party event. I've had I've, I've gone to this event multiple times. Every time it's a blast, even when it's crowded or not crowded. We went one time and it was a little slightly rained out, slightly not. But I got rid of the crowds right, pretty quick. We still had a great time. Uh, we we got to see so many special things, eat special things. Now you know, keep in mind these are late night events, so you got to kind of consider that when you're planning your day and your trip. But totally. I felt like the value was there. I felt like I had a great experience. My family had a good experience. Lots of memories. That's one of the things we were talking about. We're going uh, as a family around Christmas time this year, and we were talking if we want to do the Mickey's Very Merry. But with two and four year olds, it's uh, it's almost impossible yes, to they, have them yeah, up that late. The parties late. are pretty intense, and yeah, and they they go late till about midnight. So when your little, kids... little littles might be a challenge. There's nothing wrong for them there. Yeah, it's that's just true. the fact just de- that depends on your child. Our kids are sleepy kids, so they will fall asleep. Yeah. Well, but also it's um, if you're a family that only has so much uh, financial uh, equity to be able to spend on your travel vacation, that's really not the best bang for your buck. Especially since you're going to be able to experience a lot of the Christmas feeling and the and the atmosphere. A lot of those things, you know, at at the actual theme park itself. So it really kind of just depends on on yeah. what what works for you and your family. What what's your favorite special event, Rachel? For me, it's probably the Flower and Garden Festival. Not only is it the time of year that for me is the the best and easiest time of year to be there from like a weather perspective. Uh, but also, it, it's just such a beautiful festival. And again, it's not a hard ticket. So you're not having to spend extra money to go and experience all of the fun activities that come along with the Flower Garden Festival. You could probably go a couple of days to Epcot doing that and still you know, be able to, to fill everything that you could do during the Flower and Garden Festival. Um, obviously, there's the food booths. You have the different um, trails that you can wander through with the, with the kids. The butterfly garden. Oh, oh yes, yeah. the littles love the butterfly garden. The butterfly garden. For they have sure. like a special playground that they bring out yes. for that. It's they, like all flowers, yes. and they have a special playground that they tend to put up that time of year. There is also scavenger hunts. There's different things that that you can do as a family there. That's not just riding rides. Um, so for me, I just love it. It's so beautiful. It's an absolutely probably the most beautiful festival there that they have throughout the year. And definitely a bang for your buck. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with Horror Nights, and I know neither of the two here are going to agree with that. I would go just down for Horror Nights. Uh, We should probably talk about our family history, a little bit about Horror Nights. So our mother is obsessed with haunted houses. None of her kids love haunted houses. Maybe, you know, we we just don't like to be scared to that level. But our mom loves it, so every time they can, our mom and my husband Ron and brother-in-law Casey go down to Horror Nights and they do haunted houses galore the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, last time we went down, they all went out to Disney Springs and Casey and I did the Horror Nights. Um, And I love it. I love the themes that they build for these houses. Like, I don't get jump scared much, um, so maybe that's one of the things, like... That doesn't, like, I'll get a little bit, a quick startle, but I don't get, like, that affected by jump scares. I love the theming, like, the intricacy, like, they'll always do one or two houses that's based off a movie, like, the Ghostbusters are shining, and it's like walking through the sets, and they do a great job mm-hmm. with that. Uh, 
and you have to focus on the houses. Like, the lines get ridiculous for the houses. So you got to get there early and do that. But it's a lot of fun. If you know what you're doing, you can get through most of it. And I don't think I've ever done every house in a night. Yeah. Um, I think like, one, one of the fun things is they have themed alcoholic beverages and non-alcoholic beverages yeah. available. And then they have, uh, sometimes, they have themed food items available in the open rest, the ones, the they restaurants that are open. extra boots out. Mm-hmm. That's where the uh, pizza fries came from. The pizza fries were great. <laughs> uh, but it's not as heavy. Like, I've been going to Horror Nights since 1997. Uh, I was 17. I lived there. Me and my friend went up and stayed with a friend who was in college in the area. And we just went, and I been went through college. And I went after college, and, you know, I can't do it every year. I don't live local, but I try and go at least, like, every other year. And it's not the drinking party it used to be. When we were there, maybe it was just because we were in college, we would have, they had a drink. You could, this isn't, like, around the, you know, 2001, 2002. You could buy the drink for, like, 10 bucks, and then you could refill it for, like, four. And it was, like, a uh, an alcohol. We got beyond drunk a few times and i'm not proud of how drunk we got there because it made some of the experiences not great but it's not like that anymore i don't yeah, see it's much more friendly atmosphere for sure it's got a cult to it and people just oh, love sure. to go for the houses it yeah. absolutely has a cult following and yeah. part of it is the quality of the houses but yes. what i'm saying those themings has improved instead of just being jump scares like there's animatronic they put animatronic things in some of these like mm-hmm. animatronic Wolves for uh, American Werewolf in London. Like, you're not going to see these quality of haunted houses, like, set-wise in yeah. your local places. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are great haunts around the country, but, like, they pour a lot of money because this is one of Universal's biggest events and biggest money-making events, and people will come down. And you can't get a hotel for one night sometimes. Yeah. They just block it out. At a Universal. Well, you know that this is a huge event for Universal when they do special hiring just for Halloween Horror Nights. That is Meaning true. people who are willing to come and do a short contract at a theme park for a couple of months. That's how many people really want to work at that event because it's such a high quality experience. That's true. And for and, those who really love to be scared. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and the, the, the nice thing about these houses is that it's not like two or three rooms that you're walking through. These are... I mean, intricately large houses. You're probably in each house, what, like 10 minutes each? Maybe? Yeah, it depends on how fast people are moving. And so Laurel and Rachel went once with us. <laughs> they made it through their first house, which was a walking dead house. Nope. And we <laughs> no. thought they'd like it because they watched the show and it was well, it was great themed, but they knew that they were scared and they got targeted. So they don't, they're not going to go easy on you if they think you're more scared. They're going to target you, which is probably one of the reasons I don't get targeted as much for the jump scares is because I look like I'm going to swing on somebody if they jump out on me half the time. Um, it the, was just a lot of scared. And, and you, when you spend three or four hours just being scared, it's a lot. But, but, and that's fun for a lot of people. If it's not fun for you, that's totally okay. There are lots of other opportunities to get, enjoy Halloween fun without having to go to horror. And they did yeah. better than one of our friends that came with us. She walked in the park, saw that first scare zone, and ran yep. out, yep. leaving her husband going, uh, can I get money back? And no, <laughs> they're not going to give you your money back for that. Not usually, at least. But I think that really wraps up the seasonal events. 
Uh, if you want to book for any of these or want any more information, please shoot us an email to ttavacations at gmail.com. Check out our website at ttavacation.com. Or if you want to talk about the show or any ideas, please uh, email us at mouseberts at gmail.com. Uh, that's it for me, Ron, uh, Laurel, and Rachel. Uh, have a good night, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, folks.